Happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of Crypto with English. And today we're going to discuss uh, something a little different. Now, I think often for the past year and a half, when you think of NFTs, you often think of, you could say, the various outrageous art collections that have come out. And of course, art is a matter of subjective taste and preference. However, what I really want to talk about is how NFT tokens play into the ecosystem of distributed decentralized ledgers as it comes to the use case of the healthcare industry, your medical records, catalyzing, uh, catalyzing certain processes, and by the way, also distributing payments. People's medical information is extremely important. Having ownership, sovereignty, and really having custody of your own information and also ensuring the accuracy of information remains consistent across databases is extremely important. I can only imagine the millions, tens of millions, if not greater, that is saved in both time, money, and energy with having such, you could say, an accurate fine-tuned system. So I'd like to introduce to you all today, Michael Dershon. He's the founder and CEO of MAPay and also behind the MPay's token. So Michael, thank you very much for coming on to the show today. Thanks, Adam. It's great to be here, man. Even though, even though I'm just a little bit jet lagged, but I'll, you know, I had two cups of coffee, so I'm ready to go. We just flew oh. in. We flew in overnight. We were opening up MA Pay Africa, so right. uh, direct flight in from uh, from Ghana to uh, JFK. Talk about that. Uh, your event uh, for MA Pay in Africa. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I mean, first of all, it's you know my first time on the continent. And uh, the people that we met, you know, the, what we did, uh, you know, prior to showing up and, and the stakeholders that, you know, you know, engaged with us, uh, we left there, you know, it's always great when when you leave a place and you say, not only did we accomplish what we wanted to, but probably, I don't know, two, three X of that. So, um, you know, extremely, extremely excited about you know some of the use cases that we that we developed uh, with the senior people there, and uh, yeah, we're um, it's it's going to be transformational. And in a nutshell, if you could describe what makes MA Pay very special, unique, and you could say a game changer in the healthcare industry. That's a great question, Adam. Because a lot of folks, you know, you know, they take a look at, at, at what we're doing and what we're, and and I've said this, and I don't say this in a in a conceited way, but um, you know, oftentimes I you'll hear me say, we we could give somebody our our playbook, and they won't even know how to run a play, right? I mean, our 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 management team, from a pharma and healthcare perspective, I mean, we have we have great pedigrees we have we have great industry knowledge we've straddled so many different aspects within healthcare and pharma as well as from a technology basis so for us you know some of these uh, some of these major ills like even now when we look at at covid even it was you know it was tough for everybody around the world right but but it really exposed you know you know you know those 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 cracks that were in healthcare in, whether it be in in the U.S. or in, in globally, you know those cracks now we see you know are canyons, and 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 you know the health inequities and and the and the lack of healthcare access, 
and 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 some of the things that now we're doing to try to uh, solve some of these major macro issues, it's pretty exciting. Right, and from a technology point of view, why go with a decentralized, you know, blockchain platform rather than let's say the cloud or some other, you know, similarly situated type of technology? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, great question, especially with some of the things that we're doing with our with our NFT strategy. Um, for instance, around you know personal health information, we're able. We have uh, what we refer to as a dynamic NFT, and and we have patents filed on that. And we're starting to deploy that on chain now. But what it allows us to do is to have the NFT itself, the address of the NFT, which is let's say Dersh's uh, personal health information. So that that resides on chain, and then and then that points to uh, off chain, on chain data sources, which can can you know continually be dynamic because my health you know my health information, and so as we build this this digital medical twin, it allows us then to pull other resources. It could be wearables, it could be things coming from the electronic health records, it could become from government databases based on certain zip code analysis. It could be in India or others. It could be making sure that we have, uh, you know, the right uh, air quality counts because all of that, uh, it's referred to Adam as as the social determinants of health, SDOHs. And and those are, are, you know, probably 80% as important as, as the electronic health record itself as as clinicians try to get a full picture of what's happening with Dirsch. Wonderfully said. And I was wondering if you can unpack a little bit further the the M-Pace token, you know, some of the successes and you could say the whys as far as creating the token for what you're doing. And the reason why I opened the episode discussing, I guess you could say, the assumptions of NFTs, because I don't think there's enough appreciation of NFT tokens as how they are a catalyst for very, very important processes and very practical use cases. You know, it's not just for silly art. And listen, I've, I've said this numerous times on my show, digital tokens or crypto tokens, or you could say NFTs as it comes to making digital art, it is not the highest use and it's not the optimum, you could say the optimum use of the technology in of itself. And in fact, there's far more dynamic, you could say, uh, uses and solutions for that in real use cases. So uh, if you can kind of expand upon that a little bit more, by all means. Yeah, so when we look at the M-Pace token, so yes, it's a utility token. It'll also have some voucher-like, uh, you know, similar to, like you were saying, NFT-type structure. Um, you know, we think that there's there's a number of applications around that, just, you know, around the payments itself, the payments in healthcare, you know, uh, within you know within a border you know can run you know up to twenty percent of the cost of care when we look at cross border care which is you know three quarters of a trillion dollars across the globe you know that that can go up to forty percent of the cost of care just to the administrative burden of of, of making those payments so we so we believe that there's a, a real opportunity to uh, to provide transparency but more importantly collapse the cost of that which then allows those private sector and public sector healthcare entities to repurpose, right, those resources. Um, and so, you know, to get them to, you know, to higher level um, drivers. So, so 
and then we look at, um, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, this data. You know, data, you know, healthcare data is some of the, you know, the most prized data in the world, right? I mean, it, and and so, you know, you and I are, and everybody else that's listening, our data is being sold today and, you know, we don't even know it, right? And also too, it's, you know, it's a, it's a web two thing, right? Everybody's making money on our content. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, the Zuckerberg model, you know, allow my, allow my mother-in-law to post pictures, you know, on Facebook or Meta, you know, of, of my son's birthday party. And, uh, you know, they have content. Well, we believe in a, you know, web two, five, web three way, you know, can we democratize that data? Like you were saying before, can it be patient driven? Can it be patient centered? It has to be patient centered because right now that data is locked up into data silos of competing business forces. You know, it's locked up in insurance companies. It's locked up in competing EHRs and it's locked up in different uh, d- different types of you know provider networks that that don't talk to one another, will never talk to one another, and and they will continue to you know be the sole source of that data, of our data. So what we're doing with our NFTs and then our baskets of NFTs, fractionalized NFTs of personal health information, we're talking to big data buyers now. We'll be able to bring back the the cleanest healthcare data, most robust data in a in a time efficient way uh, that those buyers haven't been able to see before. So if we're able to, so what's the impact? The impact is if we can collapse the t- calendar timeframe of a of a clinical trial. That's billions of dollars saved by the drug companies, but also getting products to market faster, which which cures more people in a, in a more timely manner. So those are the causation effects that that we're doing, and and you know we're showing that across the globe. Right, and I was wondering. I know, I know if, that's a lot. Uh, to, I know that's a lot. To no, understand. not at all. That's perfect, actually. I was going to ask uh, if you knew any figures off the top of your head, but how much you could say money and time is lost every year from inaccuracies or inconsistent, you could say, medical records and medical data. So let's say hypothetically, if, you know, I fly to Puerto Rico, I somehow like break my leg there. And of course, you know, let's say I'm disclosing my information to the, you know, to the treating nurse and and the physician. And then I have to, let's say, get flown back to the United States. And I think you you could say, um, you know, given, let's say, my state, I may even misstate, you could say, my my own information just from the exhaustion, just from kind of the pain of the injury. And also, listen, clerical er- errors, too. Uh, I, I, I really do, you know, ponder how how much damage, you could say, the lack of consistency or even the slight inaccuracies can cause over time across the entire industry. First, I'll give you an anecdote, and then, you know, I'll try to put some stats around it. The anecdote is this, that if you, if you were sitting with a financial planner to try to do a retirement plan, right? And they said, hey, Adam, you know, uh, great to come in, you know, build your retirement plan, being proactive about it. Uh, we can pull things from your Fidelity account and your Schwab account. We can't pull it from your TD account. We can get it from, oh, and, and we can't get it from that stock account, but but we should be able to make a, a great plan for you, right? Right. Yeah. If you don't have all, if you don't have all the information, right? It's, I'm not going to be getting the best plan, to say the least. <laughs> right. Right. So my yeah. point is, and that's where we sit in healthcare. That's where we sit. 
And you gave a perfect, perfect example. And it doesn't even have to be cross border, right? It could be in your own hometown. Sure. You know, going from doctor to doctor, going, you know, where there's no. And, and, and even if you do, even in the States, right, today, I mean, how crazy is this that when you get an MRI scan, they give you a DVD that nobody has a DVD anymore to right. take it some or to look at it yourself. It's, it's it's ridiculous. So so I I think um, you know I I think it's probably a a tax if you will on the system of probably upwards to twenty five to thirty percent of of that type of misinformation either going misdiagnosed um which which leads to another you know another cost of care there was an article in the journal this morning about this new new type of fungus that's 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 showing up that was and 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 because these um these infectious disease doctors don't have access to some of the historical you know the historical uh uh information of of that person they're misdiagnosing where they're going right and you know these are you know and i'll give you another one when we were in in africa we talked to some of the top officials and it's not just in we, we were talking to top officials in in nigeria both private sector and public sector and you know the the uh the infant mor- mortality rate is is off the charts and it's and it's like that in 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 other countries and i'm not pointing you know directly to nigeria but there's but there's certain factors why that's why that you know is such um 7 million babies born a year in in nigeria and a, and a high percentage of them do not make it to year 5 and and so can can we what what we have proposed is is what we could do is at 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 the time that 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 mother first uh you know knows she's pregnant visits visits a doctor or clinic that we create an nft for her and the baby which then allows and 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 the father but but allows for us to be able to continue that again that digital medical twin of that baby and and have everything from not only the whatever clinical information but also you know, diet information, environmental information, where they're living at, social information. And so that if there is, uh, you know, a downfall, you know, in, in that baby's health or infant's health, we can, one, be proactive about it, and two, make better decisions because we now have, you know, data and it's just not this, you know, this 18 month that just came into a clinic, you know, at the new hospital in Nigeria, right, with no background information. Right. And the current system as it is, when one hospital or one doctor's office wants to get patient information from another, is it still like, listen, I'm going to go make a phone call and then, you know, listen, maybe I'll email it to you. No, I, no, I, no, it's worse than that, Adam. They, they fax it. Oh, fax it still. Fax. <laughs> yeah, I, I said that. I said, is it? How do you spell that? And they said, no, it's F-A-X. The, yeah. Just so, just so that the younger listeners know what a, f- a fax is. Right, yes. You, you can Google <laughs> F-A-X and then find out what a fax machine is. Right. That is, uh, 
I would say that is bordering horrifying that fax machines are still used to share information, share patient information, considering the fact how slow and inefficient it is, but also you could say how unsecure it is. It, it's unbelievable to me that in this country, in the U.S., the, the number one communication vehicle, if you will, for personal health information is a fax machine. Yeah. It, it's that beyond, and, and uh, you know, I, I think, well, I mean, you know, those faxes, yeah, they might come into a secure, but, the, you know, then they print them out, then they walk them over, and they go get a cup of coffee. They leave the, it's, it's, it's nuts. Wow. Uh, well, so to be so to be able to have that on a, you know, like we're showing in Bermuda, you know, I think I think you know this. We've talked about that before. You know, we really use Bermuda as as a microcosm and a sandbox, if you will. Um, you know, for some of these use cases, uh, you know, we we were able to work. We signed uh, we signed an agreement with the government pre-pandemic. And now we're showing on chain a digital identity uh, application for providers, so that uh, that that information can can be shared from the provider to the uh, the governing body, as well as insurance companies and government payers. Uh, we've also created the first, as part of that, uh, the first digital wallet vault that has bi-directional data, bi-directional uh, payments, and bi-directional messaging. Right. Um, you know, I mean, if you and I looked at our coin, you know, Coinbase app or Circle, the only thing we can do is QR code some USDC somewhere, right? right. Um, but but ours has true utility within you know within that healthcare space. You know, when I think of I, you could say the current healthcare pharmaceutical infrastructure, I think of you know legacy systems. So I would imagine. You know, from from your shoes, coming out with this technology, coming out with this project, and making and hitting all these milestones, I would like to think in an ideal world there's going to be kind of this mass welcoming uh, across the industry of what your project is, and you know, similar projects as well. In your experience, though, have you felt any pushback from you could say? status quo, uh, I guess you could say areas of healthcare. <laughs> or listen, you know, because in all fairness, this type of decentralized distributed technology is going to put older, inefficient, you could say, structures out of business. You know, there will be, you know, you could say a friction or you could say a, a contest of wills here. Well, where if you're coming from like this web two pharmaceutical healthcare model, you might be looking at blockchain as a series of red flags to listen, to attack your livelihood. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and it was kind of funny. I was, I was speaking at a conference in New York about uh, four or five months ago, and it was about, you know, this web two to web three transition, right? And, and what happens to some of those, you know, mega legacy, uh, you know, providers or insurance companies or even, you know, the technology companies that run underneath them, right, or, or, or patch it together. And, you know, I, I jokingly said to the audience, I said, hey, I was here at Web Zero, right? 
So I so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some historical precedent, right? And I and I think really, Adam, it 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 boils down to in any of these types of movements, right? You're gonna those that need to be disrupted will be disrupted, right? And and so you know even if you look at you know you know picket i mean it's an easy one you know the brick and mortar business you know you had companies like you know you had companies like sears and jc penny that you know ruled every main street in a in america time, yes and again our young our young audience right don't even know that brand right yeah sure. you know you have somebody like ge the you know a mega company that was in everybody's portfolio right and judged every right nobody yeah. knows them now i mean they're still you know there's still essence of, of a great company, what they're doing in GE, GE Healthcare and some of the things actually that we're going to be doing collaboratively on the African continent, uh, again, transformational. So, so I think, you know, to your, to your question that there are, we are going, there are going to be those that are going to be disrupted and they need, it, they need to be disrupted. And I would point this out too, Adam, that, if you if you come to the table saying let's just, I think you were referring to let's just say data storage and 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 and, and data uh, security in healthcare today healthcare and pharma if you come to the table saying that today we are okay then that's a false premise if right. if you if you there's a I don't know if if you're aware of it or if, or if you see it but there's a there's a good electronic piece called uh, Becker's Health that, that covers a lot of different, you know, they have a financial piece, they have a business piece, they have a technology piece. Every day when you pull up Becker's Tech, right, this hospital in Alabama just lost 26 million records. This insurance insurance company in in New Jersey just lost this. This in, in, in the, in, um, where was it? Uh, Columbia, Columbia, all their health system was was shut down for a week because you know because week. you know because of of ransomware and other types of of shutdown, right? Wow. And so so that's what I'm saying that if if you come to the table saying that today's acceptable, right, then you're probably one of the ones that really needs to be disrupted because it is nuts. And like we've talked about earlier, this is the most value. We're not talking about you know. Michael Dersham and my phone number, Michael Dersham and my visa number. We're talking about Michael Dersham and you and you grab my healthcare record, you got everything. Everything. Right. That's uh, you raised a an array of of excellent points there. And I would imagine there are some out there who would at least, you know, at least on the surface say yeah, we're in a good we're in a good spot. Or you could say the status quo is sufficient enough for now. And I'll have to check out that that journal you were referencing. But you know, an entire health system being shut down for one week because of ransomware—that is horrifying. It's nuts. that shouldn't be happening. And it's happening in the states as well, right? And, and also here in, in the U.S. as well. And, and and so when you again, and and I also think what's what's interesting for us when we're you know, traveling around the globe and and I have some real opinions about this as it relates to how we're looking at things in the States. 
you know, I, I look at, you know, what we're doing in the, in the Caribbean. I look at what we're doing in, in the greater LATAM and South America space. You know, I look at what we're doing in the, you know, in the Middle East with 200 million NFTs and, and then, you know, our proposals in, in Saudi and, and hopefully the UAE. And then, you know, I look at now the Africa continent and I, you know, these folks, it's, it's as if we are leapfrogging right to 5G, right? The, the need to digitize that, that, that health system, right? But it goes right. beyond, like I said earlier, what's in the electronic health record. We need, we need a patient-centric, patient-driven way of, of, of me being able to self-sovereign my data. For my, and that's what's great about what we're doing on our blockchain. We can provide, you know, partitioned and permissionable access to certain areas of it over certain periods of time under certain guidelines, right? And then shut it off. That's, that's, the, that's the fluidity. And I gave this talk to the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank bankers. Uh, they asked me to speak there uh, a couple months ago. And we talked about the need for agility in healthcare. And, and they said, Dersh, what do you mean by that? And I said, it means, you know, when we're looking post-COVID at expanding healthcare resources, shared resources around island nations, around cross-border care, telemedicine, if we have banks of, of great mental health experts in pediatrics in the U.S., we need to be able to have that type of resource available to Paraguay where they have lack of zero uh, type of capacity, right? And to be able to have agility in that, but easier said than done. The technology might be there, but also we need to think about how we look at the jurisdiction of the data, how that's, what's the regulatory framework that's going to be set up between that. Very important, even, even in the Eastern Caribbean nations where they share, where they share, you know, a universal coin, if you will, to be able to make transactions amongst them. They don't share international credentials for or or or, or uh, collective credentials for, for their providers or or you know for the healthcare data itself and we're helping create those types of regulatory frameworks we're we're out in front of that working with them because as we go into this digital environment we have to be able to do that and we have to be able to to maintain the the sovereign na nature of that data in those countries recognize that and but also recognize the fact that we need to expand the access of healthcare. Wonderfully put. And uh there is a recent, I guess you could say, announcement, you know, involving MAPay and the MPay's uh MPay's token. Um hundred million NFTs uh in existence uh to I guess you could say facilitate catalyze processes for digital health records. Yeah. Talk about that. That's a that's a huge milestone. Well, it went up to two since since that it went up to two hundred. Right, <laughs> right. Talk about it. That's a big but, deal. You know, it's it 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 was so crazy when we announced that in Dubai, you know, uh, several months ago, that first hundred million, that uh, that that nobody nobody could believe it, you know, and we announced at the time that we were we were building it on on uh on algorand and even algorand's community said that's you know so you know th 
the, uh, the CEO of Algorand, you know, he texted our chief of staff and said, hey, can Dersh or somebody on the management team come back into our community and tell, tell everybody, yes, it is true. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, so, so that was, that was nuts. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be, you know, it's not like a light switch where, you know, today there's, there's zero tomorrow, there's a hundred million. Um, so we're, you know, we're, we're staging that in, you know, as we're, as we're working in India, but, uh, but yeah, it's phenomenal. And, and now if, and I'll say this, Adam, if we wouldn't have, if we wouldn't have done what we did in Bermuda, using that as, you know, as our microcosm to, to show beyond decks and vision that this can be done, we right. would have never been able to, you know, to make that, you know, to make that leap. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. And then, you know, because it, you know, as the, as the globe gets more interconnected, especially in, you know, in, in close knit regions or countries, you know, Africa, you know, respects, you know, decision-making that's going on private sector and public sector in India, um, as well as really, it, I was at a con part of me going over to Africa was, was announcing MAPay Africa, but also attending, uh, the conference of the Afro, Afro XM bank, um, huge bank stakeholders from all over the globe, uh, really got a, a, a really macro and I would say micro perspective of what they believe in in Africa going forward beyond healthcare. I mean healthcare was a small so this was about everything. And uh and there was also a lot of leaders from uh, from the Caribbean because of the strong ties between Africa and, and the Caribbean. So so it, and and they announced major trade initiatives not only on technology but commodities and 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 uh uh, you know, personal resources. And so, you know, we're, we're pumped to be able to show what we're doing, you know, in, in, you know, as, as kind of a, an export back into, into Africa. So. That's excellent. And dovetailing off of, off of that. So I think we all know that not all blockchains are equal or created the same. So as you were, as you and your team were engineering, creating this project, what led to the decision to use Algorand as you could say the, the foundational blockchain uh, for this? Right. I would say what, you know, our first decision to make Algorand, you know, because we were, we were looking at other chains and, and uh, ready to build on ether. And then we, uh, you know, moved to Algorand. And I think, you know, the, uh, the security aspects of it, the speed aspects of it, you know, the, the gas price on it. And, and at the time too, you know, we, we really clicked with, with the senior management team, you know, as far as, you know, what we believed, uh, you know, where real utility could come and, and right. what that means from a transfer. So that's important to us. It was as the tech, you know, our technology team, which is led up by some of the best engineers in the world. Um, you know, they were com they became comfortable with it um if you will and then uh, and and now we believe in you know in multi-chain and cross-chain we're going to we're going to uh, start showing some of that on a on a global basis we believe in you know we believe in being uh, chain agnostic uh 
you know, building, you know, similar to, you know, go, going back to, you know, kind of web one, web two type stuff. I mean, there were days when, you know, you set up your first email account. And if you were on one email service, you couldn't email to another email service. Right. right? Yeah. And so if you take that historical anecdote, that's where we need to get to, you know, that, you know, that, uh, you know, stable coins can, can cross different networks, that, that data can cross different networks. And unbeknownst to the user, these are just apps that happen to be riding on blockchain as part of, as part of the you know, technology underpinnings. Um, you know, we believe in an in omnibus wallet, meaning a universal wallet, to, and, and we'll start showing stuff like this. We believe in, in you know, that there's a need with some of the stuff that we're doing in, in, in pharma and healthcare, where there's a need to have, at times, private chains, at times, shared chains, and maybe, you know, that, that, entire, that entire chain, you know, has those on-off ramps of, of shared and private, depending on, you know, the aspects that we want to drive on it. Right. Very, very interesting. So when it comes to the MA, the MA Pay platform itself, what is the process like to onboard patients? Because, you know, for the most part, you know, there's going to be a sense of you could either say misunderstanding or even being overwhelmed. Like, oh, this is blockchain. I've heard of it, but I don't exactly know what it is. And, you know, the usual kind of, you know, um, I guess you could say sentiments that would come up. Right. That's a good, that's a great point because here at the end of the day, Adam, it's an app. Everybody knows what an app, right? Right. Uh, you know, my wife sometimes said, you know, she'll be like, Dersh, and she's not a tech, you know, she'll be like, am I going to be walking down the street? And all of a sudden I get, I get hit by a blockchain. <laughs> you know? right. She's like, go. <laughs> right. You know? And, uh, and, and so we talk about that quite a bit, even with what we, you know, are starting to uh, deploy in in Bermuda around that first patient engagement, right? And for them, it's just going to be a simple app. It's an app that's riding on your phone, right? It's QR code, right. and you know the steps and the and the and the you know on the UI UX. It's all stuff that's going to be familiar to them. They don't really, for lack of a better term, they don't give a shit what what's underneath sure. it. You and right. I do. People do, right. right? But but at the end of the day the individual consumer patient could they just want to know that it works that it improves their lives they do something it monetizes whatever whatever those value props that, that they're getting out of that app but that's all it is and and i think that's where right we we also as a as an industry have to be better better able to communicate that you know this isn't you know this isn't uh, again also separating out you know, Bitcoin and crypto, you know, from 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 a right. utilization of the technology, right? And even when we start, you know, looking at 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 building some AI, you know, on on top of that to be able to better be predictive for their healthcare and stuff, you know, it's it's just a simple app that's with with the technology underpinnings. Right. Wonderfully put. And on the flip side. How has the journey or process been to get buy-in or even onboard physicians to start participating in this as well? Now, I can't speak as to healthcare, but there is kind of like this ongoing, you could say, joke or 
you could almost cliche about, you know, you could say attorneys and technology. And if you look till, if you look at even today, the two main legal research, you could say, uh, software uh, applications, websites, if you will, are LexisNexis and Westlaw. And these have been there for over 30 years. And for the most part, that's it. And in all fairness, there are comparable, more flexible solutions that exist out there. But because I think the, there is a perceived, you could say, slow to, uh, I guess you could say, there is a slow uh, either acclimation or slow warming up to technology, or at least that's kind of the perception anyway. Right, right. So I wonder if that exists in healthcare as well. Yeah, without a doubt. And and so, you know, I, I think when, when I look at it, you have to, you have to say, what is the value proposition back to the doc and what's the application that is going to give them that that value or or maybe it's even a necessity for them to to practice right right uh, or or to dispense a drug and so we've been able to again these pockets outside the outside the states is 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 work with some of the governing bodies create a digital identity for providers uh which allows them for Easy, easier credentialing, licensing, and permitting, other types of value propositions that that then comes to them, and 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 now, because I I think you're right if if you're if you're asking you know we can't, especially with that type of of um, a, a service provider if you will, um, you know you you can't you can't impose on them something that is is just arduous that they don't understand so so we have and this is some of our secret sauce we've come up with a unique way of how we actually um, how we actually can influence that decision making got it yeah and that and those are some very uh interesting you know considerations and, and points uh as well and i i guess i guess when it comes to anything novel or new there is going to be, you could say, a period of time, call it a learning curve or call it a warming up. That is, you know, that is naturally going to exist. I mean, you know, listen, to your point earlier, you know, if the lion's share or you can say more than just the majority of doctors, offices, hospitals even are still using fax machines. Uh, I think uh, patience is going to be more than just a more than just a virtue. In, in yeah, yeah, context. yeah, and 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 even when you look at you know what we've what we've announced in in Bermuda and now you know working with these other around the the credentialing, permitting, and licensing of providers, right, and creating right. That digital ID, that is that is key, um, yeah, and it's something right now that's that's an arduous task, paper paper prone, error prone. Uh, resource drain not only on on the providers but also you know that that governing body the insurance companies right. the government payers so I, I think you know that that's something you know that will also bring to the states because it's something that's that's totally broken here right absolutely and as far as achieving mass adoption of let's say your product your platform MA pay within healthcare. What are going to be some of the biggest hurdles to doing that? 
And the reason why I ask, because just off the top of my head, uh, looking at, you could say, if you look at the United States and every state is, is its own jurisdiction, every state has its own laws. And of course, you do have a federal government where, you know, they kind of exclusively make rules and laws and other things. There is kind of uh, an added, more complicated layer to that. So, you know, and also, listen, the U.S. is a very, very big country. So uh, I guess you could say maybe at least dipping your toes in the water or even perhaps swimming a bit further. Uh, what do you perceive are going to be the biggest hurdles here in the U.S. to make, you know, MA pay a real part of the infrastructure here? Right, right, right. So great question. And, you know, I think some of it's going to be what we discussed earlier, where you have these embedded legacy intermediaries, right? Right. That know that they, if if they don't know, they should know that they have a bullseye on their back. (laughs) (laughs) And we're coming at them. But, um, I think what's great for us, Adam, and I think our decision, again, I go back to what we, our, our decision to do what we did in Bermuda. I, I think when they write the book, that's, that, was, that was really, you know, what, what got us over that chasm, right? Because now, right. You, know, you know, if I'm looking at a, a state that's friendly around you know, digital assets, uh, you know, you can even say the word crypto in the state, you know, something sure. like a, something like a Wyoming or Montana comes to mind, especially right. with, with Senator Loomis, right? Yes. You know, I think if we can give Senator Loomis some real talking points and and show what we're doing in a very, very rigorous jurisdiction like Bermuda, you know, they, they built their digital asset, they built they built that on the backs of the regulatory environment that they had for banking, reinsurance and insurance. Right. Right. So even though for us, the AML KYC that we continue to face and the regulatory stuff that we, but at the end of the day, I, I, we'd rather hold the flag up to say, you know, we, we, we made it through some of the most rigorous regulatory processes in the world. Right. Right. And if we can say that and if we can show how we're, you know, the last mile bank and how this stuff works, not only from a, even if we just start from a data perspective first, forget, you know, digital currency, forget all that stuff. But just what blockchain and then AI and some of these, just what that can bring to data exchange in a state. So let's pick something like a Wyoming that that is let's let's pick some of the you know a large provider network let's pick you know a last mile bank let's pick you know those stakeholders and let's show how that data can have agility like i talked about earlier and then like you said then let's quantify that and what's that mean to better outcomes better resource savings cost savings health population population health all that stuff do our do our POC and then move it to other jurisdictions. I think that's how we do it. And then if if there is a if there is a movement where we can smart contract and 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 also 
you know, depending on the, uh, you know, the guidance that, that we will get from, from our friends at the SEC and other regulatory bodies, it, you know, if there is an allowance of a digital currency to take place in, in a industry that could self-sovereign that itself, hey, I think that we're in a great position to be able to be that, that poster child of, of how we can get it done right. And I think that's the most important thing, Adam. We're, you know, yeah, people think that we're in the, you know, wild, wild west and we're doing this. We're do no. Yeah. You know, we're out there in front as far as a technology standpoint, but we're, you know, we work with regulators. We're asked to come in right. and help, like I said earlier, help frame how this stuff should work. Right. And that's what, right. I'm, saying, that's what I'm saying here that if, if there's a day that we can, that we can all, you know, be in the same room and say, how can this work? I don't care about any other industry. I mean, I do, but the impact that we can have, and like I said, the causation effect of what we do from healthcare outcomes, repurposing resources, health, uh, healthcare inequities, sustainable drug pricing, all of that are causation effects of what we do. And, and nobody right. else around the globe can show or even say that. Like I said, my first thing, we could show people our game plan. They couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't run a play, right. you know? Um, yeah. And I, and again, I don't say that in a conceited way. I just say, you know, it's just a matter of fact. So. Right. And, you know, uh, I think your point just now nicely goes into my next question. So to the best of my knowledge and from what I know, this is effectively the M-Pace token is a utility token. Right. It's not, you know, from what I can read here, a you could say an unregistered digital asset, which seems to be the main conundrum nowadays. So you also mentioned that you do work with regu regulators, regularly speak and, you know, have those interactions where you're assisting and at least clarifying, you could say, the, the scope and boundaries of what a lot of this stuff is. Is there any worry on your part? you being in the driver's seat right now in this project, is there any worry or concern on your part that the SEC is going to overcorrect or overregulate this space or not? And like I said, I think the caveat is, you know, you're, I guess, functionally what you're doing and what you've created is an ecosystem of utility tokens to maintain and preserve and improve medical records. So um, based on your interactions, um, how are you feeling as far as the direction of regulation? We, we like regulation because, you know, it, at least then you know what the swim lane looks like. Right. You know, where you should swim, where you shouldn't swim. You know, the signs, yeah. you know, the signs are up, you know, rip tides ahead. Don't go there. Uh, right. So, so, you know, we'd be, we'd be anxious you know, like we sit with with all these in the countries outside the U.S. I mean, we're very cognizant of of what's going on in the in the U.S. So, so you know, right now we're staying clear of that until we get, you know, until we have clarity. But but I would raise my hand and say, if those regulators, whether it's in an individual state or you know a spot that we can all come into the same sandbox. Uh, you know, uh, hey, 
I'll jump in. But until right. until such time, you know, we'll we'll continue to go country to country, help digitize the health records, introducing smart contracts, see if we can when when that environment in those particular countries are right to introduce, you know, uh, the digital currency and, um, you know, have have interoperability with with, you know, the local fiat or the local digital fiat or, or you know, uh, uh, digital token. So. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Um, I, I just. I, I think. I think there's there's been some missteps by some of the some of our industry leaders, right? Um, and and maybe again, I I don't know. we we know how how we think, and sometimes I see some of these other CEOs right. or folks in the and I'm like, really, um, I'm not sure about that. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think this, um, this is going to be a very gradual and, and you could say this is going to be a very meticulous process going forward because this is in the scope of history. This is a very, very new technology. So, you know, if anything, you know, it's, it's practically speaking like an infant right now. So, you know, defining these terms and then identifying what the scope is, it's not an overnight thing. You know, we're seeing it here in the U.S., we're seeing it in Europe, we're, we're, seeing it, we're seeing it elsewhere. So I think what is great is, listen, don't wait for the regulators to come to you. Go to them. And I think that, that is always a good policy. And I think it also makes for a better discourse and it's better, it's better solutionism, to be honest. You know, you see yeah, parts because, of the industry, you know, with, very, very right. You know, because when, you know, when they have the, uh, yeah, when, when they have in their holster, a thing called, you know, the ability to be retrospective, right? Right. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's not, that's not a good place you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And for your, for your project, MAPay, the MPAYS token. What's next on the horizon for you and your team? Goals, objectives, things, uh, things coming up the pipe. Uh, well, we're looking. We're, we're really looking forward to, um, you know, these these countries where we're making some of the adoption. Of course, um, we also, you know, what I talked about earlier in in some of these drug pricing, decentralized finance, drug pricing models that we've developed, and we're talking to some of the large pharma. You know, in essence, what, what that means, Adam, is that we're going to be able to level the risk of, of, of pricing and, and drug access uh, using some of our models, some of our data feed, that type of thing, which at the end of the day gets these, you know, this, this breaks down that price barrier and gets these, you know, drugs that are curing people uh into into more people's hands and, and and really being an impact and that's that's very important to us right now as a, as a business um you know i i think you know we're excited we're really excited about uh, you know lot, the launch of the mpays token and and to show in a in a jurisdiction how that how that can be used in you know with real utility you know amongst right 
you know, this, what we call a marketplace flywheel in, in medical commerce. Right. And then, and then lastly, you know, when we, when we start collecting all these NFTs and we have a, an opt-in marketplace where folks can monetize their own and we've come up with a, a fractalized NFT strategy, how we can put that on our own exchange and marketplace. Um, you know, we'll probably launch that, you know, within the next 12 to 18 months. And that's, that's extremely, not only extremely exciting for us moving from web two to web three, but also, you know, again, from the industry, if we can collapse the calendar timeframe of, of drug development, if we can, uh, you know, help uh, the Paraguayans who have zero access to care, uh, to be able to at least provide, you know, essential care based on repurposing of, of resources, uh, giving right guidance within regions of, of this data jurisdiction and using us as the framework, that's important to us. Uh, and so, you know, we want to drive this as, a, as an industry leader and then allow others to use our blueprint, um, you know, in, in other marketplaces. Right. Well said. And on a final note, what advice would you give to any upcoming aspiring entrepreneurs within the Web3 space? So, you know, obviously you've had your own journey and you're still, you know, traversing it and, you know, hitting these milestones, you know, figuring out your way around the obstacles and really creating some genuine solutions of substance. So for, you know, like I said, anybody who's trying to hang up their own shingle and really give it a go out there, what advice would you give them? First advice I would give, there's, there's something that I, you know, I, I turned maybe a dozen years or so, you know, when they asked me, Dersh, how do you, how do you do these things? And, uh, you know, the, you can either look at it from a technology push or you can look at it from a right. mark, what I refer to as a marketplace pool. You know, right. if you're a young technologist and you, you know, you just see something and you say, Oh, I think this would be cool. And you build it and you have that field of dreams. Maybe they'll come. But I would, right. But I would encourage them to to speak to, you know, to to, you know, who that end buyer is going to be, create a marketplace pool on it, build into that marketplace pool, and not technology push it, because at the end of the day, you're going to have to have that application that's that's pulled through the marketplace by those players. And I think early on, if you can talk to them, and and build into that, even under yeah, in an MOU, but something that's going to drive then, you know, a revenue event. I think that's that's the best advice I could give. Right. Very well said and solid reference to the classic Field of Dreams as well. And listen, from one Jersey guy to another, it was an absolute pleasure <laughs> having you come on today, Michael. I'm very, very excited about what you're working on and what you're doing. And listen, the aspirational goals of what you and your team, you know, hope to accomplish. And listen, there are, listen, I don't think things are per se just relative. Some projects are objectively better than others. So I think, you know, listen, I make no apologies about this and I make no bones about it, but creating another Bitcoin is not going to make the world better. It's not. Right. You know, it's a store of value. It's speculative. It's a security. Sure. What's really going to lead to mass adoption is going to be use case solutions that contextualize and improve people's lives. And those are the type of projects 
And, you know, the teams that I like to have come on to the show and explain these because these are the things that, that give greater understanding. So if there is to be mass adoption, there has to be a mass message. And a lot of these messages are going to have to come from, you know, plain, straightforward talking conversations. So, you know, Michael, uh, thank you very much for coming on today, sharing your knowledge, sharing your time, and really getting into some of the nuances of what you and your team are working on. It's, uh, it's, been, it, it's been a great episode, I have to say. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, everybody, and, you know, they can find me, you know, mapay.io, mpays.io, our Telegram group. I'm at dirsh at mapay.com. Uh, you know, shoot me an email. I'm on WhatsApp. You know, any entrepreneurs, any business owner, any regulator, we're all game. So, Right. That's awesome. And listen, uh, when we do, <clears throat> excuse me, when we do post the official trailers and clips and content, we will include your contact information within that as well. Because I would imagine there's going to be a lot of curious minds who would like to at least reach out to you, even if not just for a brief conversation to, to learn a bit more. So, Michael, thanks again. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, I hope the jet lag is not too harsh on you. And I hope those uh, two cups of coffee you know, help, uh, help things along as well. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. And uh, again, New Jersey guy to a New Jersey guy, hopefully blockchain doesn't change the fact that we're still the only state where they have to pump our gas, right? Because that, right. that, that would be a disruption that I would not like to see blockchain. Yeah, yeah I, I have to agree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent point. <laughs> Mike, Mike, like I said, it was, it was a pleasure. And listen, uh, I'm looking forward to having you back on again, maybe in six to nine months, and we can pick up from, pick up from here and see where yeah. MA Pay has gone.